0: WDBM East Lansing 89FM the impact you're listening to impact
1: exposure
0: exposure gives a voice to our community and provides a forum for discussing the relevant issues of today broadcasting from the campus of Michigan State University this is
1: impact Exposure. exposure
0: Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Quinn Hoffman, and you're listening to Exposure on the Impact 89FM. Tonight, we are are doing something different. We're doing sexposure. Uh, We do this once a month uh, at the end of the month, typically. But this month, because of the holidays, we decided to delay it one week. So we brought in our panel of sexperts. Guys, why don't you introduce yourselves?
2: Oh, I guess I'm going first this time. <laughs> Hello, I am Janelle Marie Davis. I'm the founder and executive director of the STDproject.com and the STD expert for
3: Answers.com.
4: I'm Kevin Bader. I'm a health educator over at MSU Student Health Services.
3: And I'm Dr. D, and I'm glad to be back here with Impact and Sexposure. Was that your bedroom voice when you started <laughs> off? <You're> like, ah, <laughs> I'm Quinn. <laughs> I was like, whoa, it's a bedtime story. And Gabby is in the control room. It's good to have Gabby back. It yeah. is good.
1: Hi, everyone. It's nice. So
0: the topic for today is STIs, right?
4: Yeah. Well, it's it's timely because yesterday was World AIDS Day, and uh, you can't talk uh, AIDS or HIV without talking about STIs. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, one great thing is we were going to highlight a very special thing today, which was the STD project. So um, to start it off, Janelle, do you mind just telling us a little bit about the website.
2: Yeah, I'd love to. So the stdproject.com was launched in April of 2012 during STD Awareness Month. Um, I run it, and it's primarily website-based right now. Um, There's a bunch of other websites attached to it, and we uh, focus on three main principles, awareness, education, and acceptance. It's for folks who don't know if they have an STI or STD and or those who are living with an STI or STD or who have contracted short-term STIs and STDs and um, it's largely a storytelling platform so I share my personal story I'm living with genital herpes and have had experiences with other infections and then um, I allow for people to come on anonymously and share their story to help eliminate or at least uh, reduce the stigma that's out there about sexually transmitted infections and diseases so yeah it's pretty it's pretty interesting I'm, I'm the STD lady and that always <laughs>
4: wow. <be a> <laughs> how long has it been active the website
2: so now uh, two and a half years about. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So it's no longer a baby. It's still my baby, but yeah, yep. We're we're still going strong. Actually, we have about 180,000 views per month, oh, wow. which translates into about 90,000 people, and so people from all over the globe and all walks of life, and yeah.
3: Janelle, mm-hmm. you, you know I love you. You know I we. Love I, I <laughs> love having you with us, and but to be. Known as the STD lady. I know, right? I mean, I I, I'm a, I'd to like to be known as the stud oh or uh, Dr. D start or you a anything like that. Yeah, Wishful thinking, Kevin. <laughs> but the STD lady, and, you know, and just the way, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years. And just the way you said living with an STI. Sure. So, I mean, for most people, they go, oh, my gosh, what does that mean? I mean, what does it mean, you know, well, first of all, I guess... Quinn. Yeah. We should say four three two three eight nine three. This is a call in show yeah. and what do we have for our, our We
4: have if you join our conversation, um if you have a question or just like I said, want to have a comment or join in, um we have a prize pack, if you will, of sexual
3: Complimentary? Will. Complimentary prize pack. They don't have How to pay do? us at all. <laughs> I think we should call it the Gabby Back <laughs> Gabby's back. Complimentary prize <laughs> prize pack and I see well, well you got all kinds of flavored <laughs> Oh yeah I brought this oh, yeah. in to
4: show and tell. We have some flavored dental dams and some flavored lube cuz we promised Quinn when did you that
3: he'd get to we taste We promised Quinn
4: them? that he would get I, to taste it. Yeah, I was looking forward
3: to this. <laughs> <Fruit-topia>. <laughs>
4: so you yeah, you have your own uh, choices strawberry, watermelon?
3: mango passion and banana Banana. Banana. oh sorry let me just rearrange these up for you you know abby the former host which we all miss and it was always good to have abby here because we had abby and gabby and it just made for a great (laughs) sound bite abby could always get these right so we're, you know, we're gonna. Are we, gonna are we a, testing them? All right, oh, we're, we're let's, gonna. Let's have Janelle well, talk a little bit more first before we put Queen. Okay, Quinn. <laughs> okay. Dr. Or maybe, or maybe Everyone,
2: take a test while while I'm jabbering on, <laughs> and then no, we no, can no. segue into what that all tasted like. I want
3: Gabby to try one of these too. I really do. I want her to come <laughs> out here and put her producer on the line and test one of these, but. So, I mean, going back to that, you just caught me off guard with those new <laughs> I, flavors. I have li-
4: laid out here for you. A rainbow
3: what are, color. What, are, what else is over there? We got uh, flavored dental dams. All, flavored dental All the needs for your oral sex, oral sex pleasures. Nobody knows what a <laughs> dental dam is. You know, yeah, actually, a lot true. of people don't. I don't. don't. I don't. That, Qu- yeah. Quinn, what's a dental dam? I, I don't know.
4: That's, you don't know? Dr. This Quinn is the doesn't first time. know. Dr. Quinn doesn't know what a dental dam is. Well, actually, both of these, uh, the flavored lube and the flavored dental dams are used for oral sex. And a lot of people think, so actually a lot of people think that you don't need to protect yourself during oral sex and we've talked right. about this
3: in the past and uh... who are we protecting the giver or the receiver both. She said oh, it. Oh, she's sharp. I yeah, love this ben, woman. I'm yeah. here all night, guys. So this is a dental dam. It's, it can,
4: and actually, you can use a condom itself by cutting it the long way up. Oh, we got to get a picture of Quinn's look on his face. <laughs> it's, a it's a blue. It's to... a blue. <laughs> but I'm intrigued. Um, if I'm you intrigued. can let us know what flavor you think that is after taste testing. You'll this, notice that one is side is flavored and one side is not flavored. because. Well, how do I tell which is which? Like well, so. you'll be able to... Put your tongue to it and taste it, but <laughs> that's that's a good way of, of figuring out which Gabby side. Get the actually...
3: camera out, man. He's got this look on his face. <laughs> for anybody oh that doesn't Lord. know
4: what we're doing, we have a piece of plastic right now. Yep. it's a non-recyclable yep. plastic, and one side, like I said, is flavored with a flavored lube um, on it, uh, which allows for better taste than the actual rubber of the the latex. Right. Um, it's very thin, so um, thin. So and the on the opposite gets side, to enjoy the flavor. Exactly, while the enjoys the activity. Okay. Exactly. She's good. So,
3: <laughs> she's, she's good. Yeah,
2: so, what he's thing. got
4: is basically a squ- uh, a rectangle shaped piece of plastic. Yeah,
0: it's very thin. It almost feels like nothing's there. Like, <laughs> and it's called like a dental dam. Right? Yeah.
4: What co- yeah. what color is it, Quinn? It is blue. I'm Segway. And okay. what yeah, right? And what okay. uh, what flavor is it? Go ahead and give okay, it a taste. Okay, right, I'm going to try this side first. I'm not His first dental dam.
2: Flavor?
0: I think that's the wrong side. Yeah. <laughs> Usually,
2: one's a little shinier than the other. Yeah, like yeah. There's lit a little, room, there's like a little
0: gleam like to this. There's one. a little gleam, and the flavor is. Oh, I have no idea. Really?
2: Nondescript.
3: mm
4: It's a vanilla that you. Okay. Oh, okay. okay.
2: That's
4: right why.
3: Now. That was much too petite of a, of a lip, though. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, you, <laughs> you got you to give bad. it a slobber. Give it a. There you there go. We there we go. go. We got. Mm.
4: And if you didn't get enough flavor, of course, you can always add
3: a little bit more flavored lube for your pleasure. <laughs> We're saving that for later, though, right? Right, right, right. Now, now, Quinn. Yeah. Do you think anybody would use one of those? Uh, Give me your
0: honest. Honest opinion, no. No, I don't. Why not? Um, It seems
4: a little bit uh, medical- <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, it's uh, it's definitely foreign to you. You've never actually seen it. Yeah, right? yeah. I've, n- I've never but seen like, one. But like if we were to give you a condom, you would have seen one of those and you would have been familiar with it. Right, right, right. So I think a large part of it, people just don't know they exist. It's
2: just comfort because even condoms initially when they first came out and became a big to-do, people had the same reaction. Like it's medical. What's this plastic mm-hmm. thing I'm right. attaching to myself? But once it starts becoming par for the course then all right. of a sudden it, it, that, that kind of strips away the inhibitions I think
0: yeah I feel I feel as though if I had been introduced to this the way I had been condoms sure. through many other sexual education programs right. you know I, I would have responded differently but yeah this is very alien it's like, yeah. Frank, what am I do
3: Quentin, we love you too but I think <laughs> you're full of it because <laughs> let me just tell you what Janelle Kindle's of yeah. been around for two thousand years in one form or another. It's true. I mean, they've they've point. always been there. It's a it's about insertion. People think that when they put something somewhere, having it covered is not medical. But this thing looks like it takes the fun out of that face to body contact or face to genital contact. I mean, honestly, uh, I hope you're not recording this. Maybe <laughs> you are recording this. <laughs> uh, uh, I, always I never does. use one of those things.
4: Well, a lot of I don't think a lot of people would use that, it and a lot like, of people I mean, it's don't like use it. like
3: putting saran wrap on, on, on uh, you know, uh, the well, fun. And saran
2: wrap <laughs> works as a dental dam, FYI. <laughs> and you can cut a condom up or gloves.
4: Yeah, well, I think a lot of people don't see uh, the risk in oral sex. Like I said a little bit ago, is that they're just not seeing any sort— like, it's it's not sex. A lot of people consider oral sex not to be sex.
2: Why well, I go through the effort of a, 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 an additional— accoutrement to your activity if you don't have to, if there's no risk involved, if there's no mm-hmm. worry and no concern. And that's, in like Kevin's saying, oftentimes it's just not what is, what is communicated, that there right. really are some real risks involved. There, there are less than penetrative sex with vaginal or anal, but there certainly are some significant risks that I think if people were aware, they may consider like, hey, what what can we do to utilize and mitigate this a little bit?
3: It only took you 10 minutes to say accoutrement. <laughs> you know? That's what a pretty great darn word it was. good. Right. That, that, that was good. <laughs> But, you know, and the reason I bring this up, and I'm not trying to get off the agenda, because we can talk about STIs and how to recognize them, everything like that, but if we don't understand the psychology of why people connect and will or will not put something in between them to protect them and how they feel about it, like you're right, Kev, Mm -hmm. he's never seen one before, and you look at that thing you go, there's no way I'm bringing that into the bedroom because, first of all, and I won't assume your your orientation, but first of all, I'm going to say, okay, just lay that. I'm going to set this on you, mm-hmm. and then we're going to have fun. But don't don't worry about that thing that's in between us because it's just protection. And then she's going, what the hell is
2: this? I think, Dennis, this stems a little bit back to a lot of other, our earlier conversations mm-hmm. about intimacy, and people hear oh, yeah. that as soon as you put an item, a plastic, even as thin as it may be, you know, kind of material in between you, all of a sudden it's less of an intimate experience, and mm-hmm. that's, again a lot of the stigma behind sexual activity and intimacy and what we do and don't understand and really even know mm-hmm. about ourselves. And that's really why that happens. So as and soon I as you add something to it.
4: It brings kind of a question to the trust, even if you know the person well enough or not, it's, it's like, well, I don't trust you that much, but I trust you enough to to do what we're <laughs> well, about to know, this do. Is right. your,
3: this right. is your fault. <laughs> my because fault? when you were describing it to Quinn, you said this piece of plastic. Oh, in, my. in my mind, as soon as you said that, I was like, Plastic, yeah. God. What you know? If you would have said malleable, a, a intimate lining between my uh, genitals and your, you know. I planet. only I
4: only got a two point oh in my advertising and class. And you said plastic, and was like, you then know,
3: I looked at Quinn's face, going, stretching it <laughs> and thing going, oh really? You mm-hmm. know, I don't
0: think that would have sold it any better. An intimate lining. <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
4: Sounds like it. Yeah, really. I but, don't
3: know. So. Getting, getting back to, you know, the question I asked you about, how do you, how do you feel or how do you talk to somebody about living with an STI? Because as you well know, in my years of teaching and having hundreds of men and women come up to HIV counseling or to counsel that they now have an STI, which means the end of their life. Mm-hmm. They'll forever be marked with this big old red mm-hmm. S. Right. So, I mean, but. Nobody ever comes up and and says I'm living with uh, you know some other form of illness and it's ruined my life. I mean, you, you deal with it and you adapt to it. But why is it with STIs people go? It's the end of humanity. It's the end of my existence.
2: You know, it's the social ramifications and repercussions of um, of contracting something that is taboo. It's it's the I, it, I feel like it's the last bastion of acceptable. Of an acceptable punchline. It's the we can we can't even actually speaking of World AIDS Day, which was yesterday. We we at this point, people are aware like it's not cool to to joke and talk about HIV in such a derogatory way like it used to be. I mean, there's certainly still stigma attached to it, but. There's been so much work done to eliminate that and to improve upon that in terms of awareness and education. But still, with STIs, with like herpes, for instance, um, that is still the punchline used in all late night jokes. It's Mm -hmm. used across the media everywhere. You know, so it's so. That becomes acceptable then at this point in time because there aren't enough people saying, This is my story. There's nothing wrong with me. This is, I'm somebody from this walk of life, this walk of life, whatever. It doesn't dictate or, or it doesn't determine my character and who I am and who I'm going to be sexually or intimately or as a partner going forward. All of those things. It doesn't dictate any of those things. But until we stop utilizing it as a great way to erode and, um, to, beat on someone's character and to and to explain whether or not they've been having too much sex or lots of sex you know there's so mm-hmm. much attached to it that way that's, I think, why it's still this big scary thing. Someone contracts an STI, and the very first thing they say um, first, there's two things. The most common myth, I think, I was thinking of this on my way over here today. And I think the number one thing is that most people feel like they're not at risk, like only certain kinds of people contract infections. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sleeping with only clean, quote unquote, which we don't use that oh, word, goodness, but, that you way. know, <laughs> I'm sleeping with only these kinds of people. And so it's not going to happen to me. And frankly, I was of that mindset at 16 years old when I contracted herpes I thought oh my gosh like I'm this blonde girl from the country like I had no idea and just didn't know that I was really at risk and then the second part of that is when it happens then they immediately go to my life is over not only my sex life but also my social life Mm -hmm. like if I ever wanted to tell anybody and how am I going to admit this to a new partner I'm never going to be able to be intimate loved married all of these things then come running down the line Mm -hmm. and it's because of that 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 immense stigma the the way in which we just break people down because of this it's like i said it's just it's the last bastion of acceptable ways in which to mock and bully people
3: mm-hmm. well, let, let me just once again real quickly uh, four three two three eight nine three we we kevin has his. oh prize i don't think pack. i said the prize pack we, yeah well i got you <laughs> off track i'm sorry no it's okay what, <laughs> what's in the prize what's in the gabby Memorial Prize. <laughs> Memorial. She's still here. I know, but <laughs> um, it's no. Memories. But we have
4: a uh, what well, we decided a year's worth of condoms, which we decided many times. I think was a hundred condoms. Um, That's what you decided. <laughs> I didn't decide <laughs> yeah, it. I don't know. I we can't had remember. a debate over that. Yeah, one we did. Definitely that. talked Pring's about. got it. an opinion but on But we have a hundred free condoms, um, as well as any other sort of sexual wellness needs, uh, dental dams. If you have requests for uh, female condoms, lubrication, we have all those as well.
3: So and because. Gabby's back tonight. I just made this decision <laughs> that the first caller will receive, I'm Olin, a complimentary hour-long massage Ooh. because Olin now, receive, now uh, has massage, Reiki, and uh, uh, reflexology. Oh, that's cool. So the first person who calls in will receive a complimentary Hour long, not by me, by the massage (laughs) therapist at Olin. (laughs) Gabby, you can't call in. (laughs) But, you know, the way you talk about it, because I I was listening to you talk, because you know I'm fascinated with with your knowledge. But you still say uh, contract. We don't say that about colds. Uh, John contracted a cold. Why do, we, why do we use words like that when we talk about STIs or STDs? And I hear physicians talk about that, too. They don't say, you contracted a cold from so-and-so or you contracted flu. They say, you know, you, you, you got a cold. Or they don't say where you got it from but when we say contracted
2: oh I love how you break this down like okay. that. that's <laughs> a right question well contract I think alludes to the action the activity that was that went on to that you participated in to, to get an STI because mm-hmm. you say I, I got a cold or I caught a cold. You know, you don't say I caught a cold
3: from shaking hands with George.
2: And contracting also, I think, implies fault as opposed to like you had you had part in this. Mm -hmm. And so you're at fault as opposed to I caught a cold is like, well, I could have I just it came through the air and it attached to me kind of thing. Like there's no. There's there's no fault and or nobody's specifying in on the action like if you forgot to wash your hands at the movie theater um, when you walked out and then you got sick you know nobody's saying well you you horrible you did dirty wrong. person yeah. yeah exactly that you know nobody shames anyone for the activity that that. El- that elicited a cold. Even though everyone should wash again. their hands, right?
4: Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just
3: kidding. Hand washing no, is good, right. you know. But I
2: mean, that kind of thing—you no, touch them, yeah. you touch a menu at a restaurant, and nobody mm-hmm. says, "Oh my gosh, like you're you're so you bad." You can you
3: contracted a cold from that menu at. Denny's.
2: Right, and shame on you for what you did and you now need to feel horrible about it. And the shame is that's, to me, I think the hardest thing about living with something that's taboo is it's shamed. And society looks down at you because of the activity that you engaged in to contract it. So that exactly the word contract is used. And I'm going to switch that up. I'm going to start using, say, you got an STD. I'm going to, I'm totally going to right <laughs> change it. Yeah. I am. I'm excited. It's, well, also, go oh,
4: ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say that like there's so much, so much misinformation out there that people feed into that that fuel this this stigma that allow them to think that if you have an STI, there's no no way of going on or no way of doing having a regular sex life. Or, right. Um, and with these myths and these misinformation, people are feeding into that and it's this fear. It's a fear thing that you got something that I could never get and I'm going to be scared about ever getting it because I've been given this information that I can't live a normal sex, I can't have a normal sex life. I can't. Totally have my close friends around me anymore because, oops, they might see me take my medication or, like, they might question something different that I'm doing because I'm trying to be a little bit more conscientious of it. And it's that fear that I think is... Well, we've
3: we've instilled that fear because of our, our, our society's belief about sex. I mean, for so long... We've talked about uh, getting an STD, and there were diseases before we realized, actually, they're only infections. Most of them are only infections. Mm -hmm. We've done that and said that if you get involved with sex, you're going to get an STD. But we never never contrast that with if you get into a car accident, it's because you drove. Right. No. Mm -hmm. Precisely. You get an STI because there are certain consequences to certain behaviors.
2: There's a risk for every reward, and the reward is wonderful. Sexual, healthy sex life is great for your body. It's scientifically proven it's great for your mind and body, all of these things. But there's certainly an equal and opposite risk entailed in that. When you share your body so intimately with someone else, you're sharing fluids. You know, we don't even do that on a regular basis when we go to the movie theater, when we get in the car. And so certainly there is going to be some risks involved. And I think part of that is like we touched on this in our whole last show with mm-hmm. the sexual education. The real reason that people are so afraid and have that adverse reaction when they either hear about an STI or they contract an STI is because of the lack of information. People were really t- entirely unaware how prevalent and common they are, mm-hmm. how it, it can be quite a benign thing. It's really not the end of the world. It doesn't mean you're a horrible person or you're tragic or anything like that. None of those connotations that are and oftentimes associated with them are accurate. But again, we don't know that until we, we learn about it, until we're educated with some sort of comprehensive education. And until that's
4: consistent. And constant. And people exactly. continue to give this information rather than...
3: Nobody would get in... Well, that's not true. I was going to say nobody would get into a car without... You know, at least checking the tires, making sure that the the, the car is those that get
4: into accidents do. No. <laughs> sure. Well,
3: yeah, yeah, We're not going to talk about your accident history <laughs> here. Oh, no. uh, but in, you just wouldn't do that, and you wouldn't you wouldn't drive blind. Right. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't you wouldn't uh, necessarily. You know, what we're saying is that STIs sometimes are the logical consequence of certain behaviors. Mm-hmm. It's not like everyone who gets involved with sex. I mean, having done HIV counseling for 20 years, I've seen people come in who've had 60, 70 partners. You mm-hmm. know, and they have no STI. Mm-hmm. You know, they right. might have practiced up, or maybe they, maybe they just the odds weren't there. And other times, you know, it's somebody comes in one time, one time, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, All it, the it's time. just it's part of the odds. But you know, it, I, what I like about what she says, Corinne, is that you know, living with, living with uh, an STI because. I've had the unfortunate uh, experience of having to tell people they have HIV mm-hmm. way too many times. I think Kev, you've been in there too, Kev's uh, And and there were times in the beginning, during the, uh, in the early '90s, uh, it's, it would scare me to tell somebody that you know, because I I I looked at HIV and quote AIDS as, you know, you're going to die mm-hmm. early. Mm-hmm. And then then after we started really doing research and looking at things, I used to approach people as saying, okay, you know, I have some. Pretty disconcerting news for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it means you're going to be living with HIV, which mm-hmm. is is a virus, right? And and I would the way you talk about it sometimes you will have this virus. It's treatable. Uh, sometimes it can lead to certain consequences, but right now it's treatable. And you know, and they'd go through mm-hmm. that initial shock of being. You know what they've heard in the media is that it's AIDS. You know? No, mm-hmm. it's not AIDS. You have you have a virus. It's similar to HSV. It's similar to HPV. Mm-hmm. It's a virus. Mm-hmm. You have a virus. and That's what you have. Yeah. And so we can live with it. And I always tell people, in life, you never have to accept something you didn't necessarily want or try for. You don't, because we as psychologists and counselors always say, accept it and go on. All no, right. I'm not going to accept anything I didn't necessarily want or. But you have to adjust to it. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference between accepting something and a big psychological difference to accepting something and adjusting to it. You have made a wonderful adjustment. You talk about it. You probably help thousands of people in the way you talk about SDIs, and that's what we need to do. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the
2: stories that pour in are just amazing. I mean, you touched on that. I like in terms of you don't have to love it. I, I always say our... No one wants an infection. No matter how much I talk about it, nobody's going to go sign up at somebody's door and say, "Hey, let me please, see how that's like." Yeah, know. let me let me let me contract something, right. or let me catch something from you, or something like that. Of course, I don't want a cold or the flu. Right? I don't want to get sick at all, and and any in any level. But our bodies, while resilient, are not infallible. Mm-hmm. So it's part of the human condition that we are going to experience maladies and then to to write a certain sector of them off as some sort of sociological horrific thing is doing people a disservice, mm-hmm. humanity a disservice, and we're, and we're hindering everybody else from having healthy sex lives, from being sexually responsible, which says, I'm aware of some of these risks, I'm aware of the risks, I'm also aware of how to mitigate them. I'm going to choose which ways and that I want to utilize in, in my sexual practice. Mm-hmm. And then if something happens, I take responsibility for it. Doesn't mean I have to still love it. I don't love having an outbreak or, you know, the the symptoms of herpes. But I, it's not the end of my day. And mm-hmm. I'm taking responsibility and saying moving forward, I'm not going to let it ruin my life. Because it certainly shouldn't. It's a virus. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a skin infection. I mean, for goodness sakes, there are certainly worse things that could happen. and.
3: You know, not we, not accepting does not mean we deny. Right. What is what is what we are? You know, we're all living with uh, uh, the the measles virus. We all live with it. You yeah. know, we all have several viruses in our body that yeah. that stay in check because you vaccinations. Know, we do mm-hmm. things. You know, mm-hmm. but it's not. But I. I think it's time to get Gabby in here to do a taste test. <laughs> Gabby? We're or, making her leave I her like post. Come on in here. We're going to do a taste <laughs> test with you. You can't, you can't, uh, Kevin, don't tell her what it I is. I won't tell her what it is, but she's okay. joining
4: us. So do I need to open one? Yeah, open I'll one we'll have Gabby, All right. Gabby's in the studio, right? Gabby's then? back.
0: Yeah, yeah, Gab, Gabby's entering the studio now. <laughs> if you guys are tuning in, uh, you're listening to Exposure on the Impact 89FM. Uh, call in at uh, 517-432-3893. Yep. Right now, Gabby is about to do a taste test of some
4: flavored lube. All I'm going to put this on your finger. All
1: right. I'm very curious. Oh,
4: did you see the package?
2: You don't know what flavor it did, is. You did,
4: didn't you?
1: I may have seen um, a color on the package. So I... give it a taste okay, test and see right. if it matches What's that color. What's the color? color. So uh, the color is pink. Okay. Um, so for those listening, I am about to lick my finger. <laughs> I don't know if that's gonna translate through Which radio. Has In front of all of well, us, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's so every so... Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was worse than Queens. <laughs> oh god.
4: Did you get a good taste? What do you think it is?
1: Um I've come to the conclusion. I believe it is watermelon. You are <laughs> correct. Oh, oh. Well it's, done. That's, that's it's well very done. citrusy. It's more is citrusy it? than I thought. Well, let me give it a shot. Huh. Yeah. I mean it's pretty I mean it tastes like candy. Oh. Get those,
2: you know. <laughs> I'm kind of disappointed in the dams being vanilla flavor, but then I'm like, you know, that that takes a whole new level level to like vanilla sex, you know? So
4: much for vanilla sex.
3: <laughs> well, if you Add want banana sex, oh, no. we okay. Have okay, banana sex. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Who now, doesn't want do, banana do you sex? have other flavors of the uh, dental dams? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Okay, yeah, let oh uh, Gabby, let's She's... try try one of those on Gabby because I think Quinn was just just too light.
1: I actually have never seen a dental dam <gasps> either, so I'm with Quinn on that. I wonder if it maybe no. is something about our generation.
3: Well, yes, yeah. I can tell you a lot about this generation. generation so, oh, this people one's a different color. Ones. You
4: are getting
2: a I color to, to one give, one you, one give you a hint. Yeah, go for I, it. Because you're supposed to be able to discern which side goes on the genitals and which mm-hmm. side. Which side know,
3: do you think would go on the genitals?
4: So we have somewhat of a frosty side and then somewhat of a almost. More vibrant. Vibrant, but also luminous. Abby, you got to see
3: Gabby's face. I mean, you have. I did a
1: smell test first. And she's got the
4: right side.
3: I have a feeling I know what that is. She's taste
4: testing a dental dam. And sure the flavors? Sh-
3: ah, she got the wrong side too, Quinn. It's hard to tell.
4: It's a very subtle flavor. So wow, hers was they... pink. And you think no, I don't? I don't know what side I'm trying to taste. <laughs> Just stick the whole thing in your mouth. That's what I used to do when we did
0: taste tests.
1: I have absolutely no idea. Uh, yeah, they're it's not so hard to tell. They're not
0: very pungent.
1: Well, then we need
4: to put some extra lube on there. No, yeah. well, that is actually a strawberry flavor. <laughs> I mean,
1: it doesn't taste like plastic. There you go. It doesn't really taste like anything. <laughs> I thought
3: it would be bubblegum. It looks like the bubblegum type of flavor would be.
1: It doesn't say. I think both I sides think are supposed
2: okay. to be flavorful.
3: one other taste test for Ab- for Gabby. One of the other... Uh, no, no, do the... Uh...
4: Oh, the actual lube? Yeah. All right, so I'm pulling out the last of the lube.
3: And Gabby is not looking at this one. Quinn's got this look on it. his face. There's no color involved. Only on impact would we do this. Go ahead, this. stick out
4: your finger. Look away.
3: Okay, we're doing some flavor. Oh, oh,
4: it's dripping. <laughs>
1: Okay, so the lube is put on my finger. It dripped a little bit. Sorry about that, Kevin. (laughs) No, you're fine. (laughs) Okay, so this one I really have no idea. I have no idea what to expect. So did the smell test. The smell test. I think it smells like um, pineapple or coconut. Mm.
0: (laughs) Going back for more.
1: (laughs) Um, I know why she enjoyed it It is Mango, mango. Oh,
3: passion.
4: Passion. Passion.
2: So there's a little passion
3: Ooh, in there. <laughs> I thought it was yeah, going pina colada good, And that's why yeah, Gabby pina colada. liked it <laughs> yeah.
2: Getting caught in the rain <laughs> <laughs> Is that
1: good Dennis that I humor you?
3: Well no 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 Gabby now that you're out here You said something about the dental dam Not to put you on a spot But that's what impacts for Would you or any of your friends Ever use something like this?
1: I personally have never heard of my friends using um, any dental dams. It's never come up in com- conversations about yeah. um, contraception. But I honestly think I don't have enough exposure to it. I never see it in the grocery store, you know, if I'm going to go buy condoms. They're and, hard to find. Yeah, and I, I've been to Olin before and saw the free condoms basket, but never seen the dental dams. So without education about it, and honestly, even looking at it right now, it kind of confused me a little bit of, like, <laughs> why it looked like that So... I would be a little bit like I would need um, maybe a partner that knew how to use yeah. it. Yeah, first, that's yeah, not well, first. That, point. that would be able to like help
3: psychologically. Could you?
1: I think that it's a really good option. Okay. Yeah, and with maybe a little bit pra- a little bit of practice, it is a good. It is a really good alternative. You got,
3: you got one of those uh, dental dams here, right here. Uh, one is you can use one of the old ones. Place your hand out like this.
4: Okay. I'll use a new one because they got a little lubey. And, <laughs> and little some luby. saliva. Yeah, right. It took them half <laughs> hour a to say lubey. Yeah. So we're, <laughs> we're placing a grape-flavored dental dam it right on your hand. Purple. And it's purple.
3: Now you know what to do now, Kev. What am I doing? Put some put some lube on top of that. <laughs> no, seriously. This, this is, is all like a science used to class
1: experiment or yeah. something.
3: We're
0: just making a mess.
3: Well, No, no. okay, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. Now take your finger and rub it around on there and tell me if you can feel the transfer of heat from your hand after you rub it. And you feel the heat from your hand. I
1: mean, I can, yeah, my hand's kind of cold, so I can feel the yeah. friction. See,
3: yeah, friction. What we're saying mm-hmm. is that using this with some lube, sometimes you don't yeah. even know they're there. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, this is polyurethane. Is this yeah. latex this or polyurethane? It is a
1: very, very okay. thin, right. thin... Um,
2: yep. A little bit of lube on the side facing the genitals, not flavor-based if it's a woman receiving, and then uh, you can use a flavor-based or... Mo- that's probably more fun if you're using your mouth, but if you're using your hands, you don't have to use flavor based on the right. other side as well. Yeah. Lube should be everyone's favorite. I mean, mean transfer, like you said. what I used
3: to do was have people close their eyes and I put it on there and put some lube and I have them do it. And after a while, they wouldn't even feel like there's anything between their hand and mm-hmm. the finger. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what you want to go for.
1: Yeah. Dennis, you just trained me. Now I feel comfortable <laughs> using it. Ah, there you go. <laughs> I don't even need a partner to me. Yeah,
4: right. yeah. If
3: we only had a camera in here, folks. <laughs> if only. But thanks, Gabby. Thank you.
1: Thanks, guys. I'll go back in the other room and make sure nothing's gone awry. <laughs> well, you said it heat
4: transfer and, and sensation. The lube goes a long way with yeah. these with these pieces of
3: not plastic, but pieces of intimate Are you lining. What, I mean what by did that, you? Though? Yeah, because no, completely. Plastic has this concept where it's,
4: it's hard. It's plastic. It, it hurts. Yeah,
2: yeah. And lube significantly reduces your risk of infection as well. Most people aren't aware that that's an uh, an added benefit of just pleasurable and it feels good, but. It also reduces your risk of infection.
3: So, Quinn, what do you think about all this?
0: Um, it, it's, a, it's a lot of stuff that is uh, <laughs> <Dig> very, <laughs> very very new. Um, I, I guess I didn't know they made this many products for this kind of thing. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I, I mean, have no idea. Yeah.
4: And you know what we'll bring in next time? We'll bring in a female condom. Have you ever seen one of those? Can't no. say that I have. No, I have not. <laughs> yeah. We're about I know to Gabby your mind. has. I've, I've
0: heard of them. <laughs> I've heard of them. I've never seen
4: they're, them. They're they're another foreign item that a lot of people just don't know about because they're not. Wait till you bring the, the toys store. in. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, the to sex find. toys. Yeah. You
0: know, it's it almost <laughs> makes it kind of uh, strange how common condoms are compared to the rest of these because condoms yeah. are, are so common. You know, you oh, yeah. you put them on bananas in, in right. middle
4: school sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis loves that uh, that substitution of a banana for. <laughs> well, you know, the,
3: there's a story that's actually true, and people think it's folklore where in a class uh, the instructor was showing people how to put condoms on you know and they used bananas to do it and uh, one guy came back not too far after that and said his girlfriend got pregnant and he asked about using the condom he said yeah i put it on the banana
2: <gasps> oh jeez Yeah, actually right? put it on a banana he next to was quite to literal his... with that <laughs> demonstration no, seriously
3: yeah. but 4323893 we're still offering for our first caller that complimentary one-hour massage. One hour. At all, and she is good. Kate, uh, the massage therapist. Has, oh, yeah. She like, comes I around and gives this massage. us massages at work. Yeah, so, so I want to get back to the myths sure. about the, myths. the Yes. There are so a many. lot of them. I know. It's a pleasure. <laughs> uh, explode some of the other myths for us.
2: Oh, one that I think is kind of fun is um, a lot of folks who like to hover in public restrooms are afraid of contracting <laughs> an infection from a toilet <laughs> hover? seat. So hovering, hover above you know, the, like toilet, above seat. the oh, toilet seat, so especially they don't women, to touch it. or like if you're a dude and you have to go number two,
3: I guess. But <laughs> anyway, not dude. to be
2: so grotesque, but you know, whatever. No, We're th- talking sex exposure, but I've yeah, heard, that's quite hovering. common. I've Most never people, heard that. Term. Yeah, it's quite common. Yeah, and then everybody sprays all over the the toilet, and it's like, man, you're you're actually making it. There. There was a really interesting article that just came out that said actually there's more bacteria with, from the people who are doing that, then there is any risk of infection from if you just sat your cheeks right down on that toilet. And part of it is because people aren't under they don't understand the pathophysiology with these infections bacterial viral and parasitic and mm-hmm. um, you cannot contract an STI from a toilet seat. Straight up, if anyone's ever told you that. Where are you doing
3: your reading at? Reader's Digestion?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um, so yeah, but I mean, simplest form is you can't contract an STD from a toilet seat and or an STI, and um, I think people just are so worried that they're gonna they're gonna touch a door handle or something. You know, there's this huge paranoia about it because again, a lack of awareness and information and mm-hmm. accurate education and so the infections are not going to last most of them don't last long outside of the body some do but those ones are not transmitted from skin to skin contact and uh, some of the like the parasitic ones like if you're talking about scabies or crabs or um you know which is like pubic lice doesn't attach and can't stay on the actual rim of the toilet seat so there's a lot of different reasons why each of them so and i won't I won't bore you guys with that info <laughs> but why each of them are, it's not really possible to contract i mean for in all normal senses and scientific purposes, 99. I've learned about hovering. You know, hovering is you hovering.
3: Yep, yep. So I, I have, have
0: heard that one before. Yeah,
4: that's you the haven't one. Or you yeah. Have? I have. Have I yeah. Haven't. You know the one. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say another one of the more common ones that I've heard is that if you have an STI, that you'll be able to see it. That you'll be able to oh, visually yeah, see one. that you have an STI. The
2: most common symptom is no symptom at all. Exactly. You, you exactly. don't know unless you're getting tested. A lot of things mm-hmm. aren't tested. That's, you know, I guess that's another good segue because a lot of times people think they're being tested for STIs, especially oh, yeah. women when they get pap smears. Mm-hmm. Pap smears actually do not test for any STIs. They test for abnormal changes um, in the cervix, which are a result of HPV infections. So if you've had an abnormal pap smear, FYI, everyone out there, you've had HPV. Your doctor oftentimes will not tell you that because of the panic that ensues, the amount of questions, and you can't necessarily trace it if you've had multiple partners men can't get tested for HPV. Mm-hmm. The number now is that about 80% of all people will have contracted HPV at some point in their lives of all sexually active people, 80%. So, and that's just one infection. There's 30 plus, according to the World Health Organization, some more prevalent than others in different parts of the world. But, you know, when you look at it at that level, it's just, it blows your mind. I mean, how common so how, how is. do you,
3: how do you, uh, reconcile that you just scared the crap out of our audience by saying there's so many different HPVs out there and 80% will get it. Yeah. So what's, what's this, what's, what gives them any hope? Well, HPV
2: in particular, like all infections are, if they're not curable, they're manageable at this point. And mm-hmm. as long as you have access to health care, and if you're in the U.S., we're talking to people in East Lansing, so you have access to healthcare services and clinics and things like that. And so the, the deal is to get tested, and you mm-hmm. don't know because if you don't get tested, you could have further um, irreversible implications and ramifications. Farther down the road. Exactly, mm-hmm. like pelvic inflammatory disease or something mm-hmm. like that.
0: Earlier we were talking a little bit about um, the kind of stigmas about contracting and how how you got an STI or an STD because you did something wrong. Right. Do you think this fear of that can kind of prevent people from getting tested too? Oh, definitely.
2: It's, it's a huge like – you know, most people are, they're afraid of two things in terms of testing. The testing process itself, right. and going into a clinic and like sitting there amongst a bunch of people staring at you who know you're in there for a certain purpose and right. and, and or the questions that you're going to be asked or the procedure itself. Um, and all of those things can actually be really not a big deal, but um that's a longer discussion. But then the second part of it is actually the the results and, and knowing. And the f- people hope, like, well, maybe if I just, you know, I thought I noticed something that was a little strange and it's it went away. So I'm probably I'm just pretty good. I'm pretty yeah, good. I'm- yeah, I'm good now. And that's and that's actually another myth, is mm-hmm. that just because any noticeable symptoms you may have had Um, went away, it certainly does not mean the infection is gone. And and as a matter of fact, it actually could be getting much worse and could have moved to different locations, that kind of thing. And I mean, and Dennis, like you said... The intent is not to scare people. I mean, I hate the idea of fear tactics of like all of these. There's 30 plus STIs, and so many people get them. And quick, mm-hmm. go run for the hills and like <laughs> put a rubber suit on before you go engage. That's not it. Plastic suit. A plastic <laughs> suit, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Ooh, that sounds sexy. <laughs> you know I mean, that's not the intent. It's 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 more that once you're aware, then you can say, okay, what does that mean for me going forward? How afraid am I really? Should I be? uber paranoid or should I care more about the intimacy and the communication with my partners? Mm -hmm. Should I talk to my partners about whether we've been tested? Have you ever had an experience with an STI? What kind of, um, do we want to use a condom? Do we want to use lubes and barrier methods? You know, that it's all, it it goes into a much broader, like it doesn't have to be, it's that sexual responsibility again. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be the scary thing. It's just an accepting that there's a natural inherent risk in this activity that's cool. The reward is also awesome. So move forward mm-hmm. knowing that and be empowered so that if something were to happen, or if you engage in maybe unprotected sex with somebody you didn't know so well, you know the resources out there. You can say, okay, I should go get tested. Here are the test I, you know, I can get tested for, you know, that I think is makes it strips away the fear and the empowering part I think is the most important is empowering people to know what's out there to know how to move forward in that circumstance.
3: No, there's a, na- there's a natural inherent risk in just living. It's true. <laughs> and, and that's kind of how I, I mean, I, I've lived uh, 59 years now, and uh, how we have talked about sex for the first probably 40 years was uh, if you do it, you're going to get an STI. If you do it, you're going to have unwanted pregnancies. So there's an inherent fear in me that we continue to talk about uh, STIs uh, and all the unwanted things that might happen to you as consequences for even being involved in this. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, you know what? If you don't want to take any precautions, then just make sure you're responsible for the consequence that totally. may or may not happen. It may not happen, but just be aware of it. Right. Some people are afraid to... Your question was, was was quite good because people have a lot of fear uh, about getting tested. I mean, I can't tell you the number of people coming for HIV yep. that would come and just sobbing and break down right in the room or just in that safe Oh, come down, come down. It's just you're not a bad person. I don't judge you. I have no, co- I, I, actually, I praise you for coming in here mm-hmm. because it takes a lot That's of first uh, step, yeah, a lot of uh skill and that. gumption to actually say, you know, I think I should probably be tested. Now, if you had chest pains, you'd probably come into a clinic and say, I think I need to have a without you know, chest, question, chest exam, yeah. and be right. tested. but because you had sex, it's like thing man it's like you said yeah you're in the waiting room because we we have people who come in for HIV testing and sometimes mm-hmm. I'll walk through that waiting room and I'll down like this I'm looking that down it. yep it was like like you wouldn't be doing that if you're in here for heart tests or something you'd be looking around like this, Who's be yeah? like <laughs> this? I'm ashamed to be here you know, it's,
2: right it's, it's it's being ashamed to even be there because I think no matter what even if you go in with chest pain people are are certainly worried about whether or not they have have a heart condition, cardiovascular disease, or mm-hmm. you go into the dentist, you don't want them to tell you you have a cavity or gingivitis or something right. along those lines. So we're never going to love what happens as a result of it, but I think it's creating a paradigm shift in terms of how we pro- how we approach infections and in anything that can happen as a result of sexual activity, whether it's sexual dysfunction or whether it's um, pregnancy, instead mm-hmm. of looking at it as this bad thing, saying that, the, the paradigm shift is making it part of our preventative care, that we right. actually care about and we're being proactive about the things that we're engaging in so that we're aware when it does happen, like just when you go to the dentist to get your teeth cleaned. Every once in a while you may come up with a cavity, but, hey, I've been flossing, and I go once a year to get my teeth cleaned, so I don't feel so bad well, about thank it. thank
3: you for scaring me. I have to go to the dentist tomorrow. No, I, have <laughs> the cavity and gingivitis. I haven't really
2: gone in a year, so I need to go, to. i been guilting myself into that.
4: No, but you're right. I, I kind of always uh, find myself talking with first-time testers when they come in for HIV testing and uh, they're just one scared of course of what the results gonna be but mm-hmm. also they're just scared because of what information they might have to give their their partner if they have it or just the idea that it's not only their first time but that when they're going through the process they have to divulge all of this information to a complete stranger yeah. and I can't tell them how many times that like it's good that you're talking to a complete stranger, has oh, some yeah. correct information, yeah. rather than talking to a complete stranger. Let's say named the internet, right. and finding your, yourself <laughs> contradicting information. Yeah, and and I tell them, you know, I've done this before, so it's not weird for me. But I can yeah. I can empathize how weird it would be for you to talk to a stranger. Right, but just know that at this point in juncture, most uh, HIV counselors. Uh, they don't talk about this with their friends. Mm-hmm. It's not something that they're going to gossip about. And, oh, let me tell you about this one client I had today. Yeah. Or tell you about your actions. And I think the, the, the fear is them thinking that this other person has this judgment on them. Right. You know, it's not, about, what,
3: it's not about counseling anybody. It's about you, and you do it really well, Kevin, providing an environment that's conducive for people to feel comfortable mm-hmm. to talk. And to All learn All you do is that. provide that environment. But I'm going to put both Quinn and Gabby on the spot here. So, Gabby, look up there. Wake up. <laughs> okay. I want to I want to I want you this is a uh, first thing that pops in your mind, okay? Because you said it, Janelle and I just I want to test him. So don't think about it too much. <laughs> if your partner, if you ran a new partner and your partner said, "I'm living with an HI, or a, or a STI, what would you think? Um Quinn?
0: I I guess I'd I think they uh slept around.
3: Okay? What well,
0: would Gabby?
1: Um I think I would think they were irresponsible. Gabby not-
4: would be silent. <laughs> Can
1: you not hear me?
3: Oh, is your mic not working?
1: Oh,
3: no. See, oh, no. Gab- Gabby, Gabby did it unintentionally, but some people would be silent. Yeah, that's the, a common
2: in- reaction, too. Like, oh, my goodness, what did you just say? Well,
3: yeah. you know, because, you know, I know you've talked about it before. We've talked about other programs. When do you tell a partner? Mm-hmm. Right. How do you tell a partner? And what will they think? I mean, honestly, you know, when I was your age, probably, and someone would have said that, I'd probably turn around and.
4: Well, I think even the conversation of asking your partner or somebody could think that by asking my partner, I'm, they might think that I'm, I'm dirty or like Mm -hmm. just the simple asking them, they might think, I think they're dirty. Mm -hmm. And just that conversation, even with a partner that you don't know if they have an STI, just that conversation is scary to people because like I said, you could have that internal thought of, I don't want them to think I'm dirty, but I want them to get tested or I don't want them to think that I think they're dirty or like, I think. You know, you're not good enough to, for me until... But at the same time, like, I can't stress how many times I've said just, you know, you're you're caring about your own health. It's You're caring about you by doing that type of thing. But, yeah, I can only imagine how it would be when you do have that partner uh, that is positive or you yourself are positive telling your partner that... That's scary in itself. But like like I said, even just the question of testing of whether or not there's that fear of like what's the answer gonna be Because it's be? not
2: the norm right now. So people mm-hmm. think like, Oh, if you're talking about testing and condoms and man, you must do <laughs> have a lot of activity going exactly. on that this is something that's in your radar and again that's that paradigm shift. If everyone were doing it and then the one person who didn't ask you about barriers are getting tested, that I want to be the red flag. That I think should be the exception to the norm. Right now it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. But you know, in terms of talking about it and with partners like it never gets any easier. But the reason why that is, it gets easier to tell and you feel more confident about yourself once after you've done it a few times. But the deal is, is it's the fear of rejection. Nobody, if you're interested in someone, it has less to do with the infection itself. And I always tell people who come to the website that it's not about the, actually, the, the nice thing, if somebody chooses not to consider a risk with you because you just told them you have, say, you, you just told them you have HPV or you, general warts, so low-risk HPV. So, hey, I have, I have HPV, and they say, you know, I just am not that into you kind of or let's, let's kind of go, however they say it, let's go different ways or I don't want to engage in activities. Mm-hmm. They're actually not saying anything about your character. They're not saying anything mm-hmm. about your personality, your looks, your background, your family, how much money you make. That has nothing to do with it. So for all the things that somebody could reject you, that's almost the least painful because it has nothing to do with who you are. Mm-hmm. That just means the relationship isn't developed enough. They're just not that into you yet, so they're not willing to consider that risk. That
3: darn virus. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that darn vi- virus it up every time, right, Quinn? Damn. Right, right. <laughs> if
0: you're just tuning in, you're listening to Exposure on the Impact 89 FM. If you want to call in, our number is 517-432-3893. Right now we're talking about STIs and testing. Um Kevin, is is there somewhere on campus that someone can get tested here?
4: Definitely, yeah. We have uh, testing at Olin Health Center, uh, anonymous and confidential. Um, If you ever need to get tested off campus, there are, of course, other locations, such as Planned Parenthood and Ingham County Health Department. If um, costs were ever an issue or you weren't a student here at MSU, uh, there are definitely options. Also, Lansing Area AIDS Network is out there.
2: All four of those are really great, I have to say, because not all testing centers are created equal. Not mm-hmm. all doctor's offices do the same tests. And right. something like Olin Health Center that specializes in that, Planned Parenthood, the AIDS Network in Lansing, mm-hmm. um, there was another one, or the health department. Those are going to be folks who do the, that kind of test all of the time. They right. know the kind of questions to ask. They're also going to be least judgmental because they are dealing with this every day and... They see people from all walks of life, and there is no judgment. It's strictly just a scientific thing.
4: And that actually also brings up uh, another barrier of why people don't test, which is cost. And, mm. and sometimes people think that if they find out they're sick, one, I have to pay for the actual uh, test to find out if I'm sick or have this this uh, virus. Two, I have to pay for whatever medications and whatnot after that fact. I, there's so much fear that's involved with that Um the cost, oh, so that mm-hmm. just know that there are options for you out there here in, in Lansing as well as on campus that um, uh, do not require that much money.
3: Yeah. So let, let's let's put it in perspective, queen. <laughs> and this <laughs> is not a scare tactic. Eight out of ten people are going to have some form of STI. They're going to have some form of infection. So. You know, it's not like you're special for having it. It's not like you are diseased. It's not like you are anything. It's mm-hmm. like you are human, yeah. and being a sexually healthy adult or adolescent means getting tested for certain things that humans come in contact with. That's all it is. It's, it's, there's nothing really. I mean, we as a society have made it real, you know, strange and fearful. And mm-hmm. you know, I sometimes want to grab people in the waiting room and said, "Hey." I'm glad you're here. You know, you're doing you're doing a healthy thing. You know, and but usually they come in because someone's told them they they have an uh, an STI or you know they've had 15 partners and they finally find somebody that they want to settle down with or mm-hmm. or some reason like that. You know, it's most people have a sexually transmitted infection of some sort. Yep. You know, HPV is pretty darn common. I mean, mm-hmm. we used to say it's the grandmother's disease because grandmothers would kiss babies and they would have HSV and pass it to the babies. And right. sometimes you have it. you know, it's, I love this new show. It's called what, Jane the Virgin? Mm-hmm. Where I she, heard that was good. Uh, I've never heard that of she's, it. She's, yeah. she's, uh, it's a new show and she's pregnant, but she's a virgin. And it's because they... <laughs> Went to do a, I think, a pap smear uh-huh. and they an artificially inseminated And, <laughs> and, and, yeah. and it's, it talks about things can happen, Oops. you know. It, yeah, it's oh, just I'll have to check it out. Yeah, so you know uh, what you're doing as far as trying to uh, deconstruct the myths mm-hmm. and how to talk about it and being very open about it. Because the first time I mentioned now, I'm living with HSV, uh, and HRC2. I'm like, too. Mm-hmm. yeah ladies. Who says that's, that, that's right. he just says that right up? Oh. All right. <laughs> well, yep. That's good. You know, and yeah. so.
2: Well, I mean, we talk about, like, I have I have psoriasis, and I talk about psoriasis at the dinner table with my friends and family, like, oh, I'm trying this new diet. It's supposed to cure my psoriasis, you know, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, certainly not everybody has to be as open as I am, but I think if we started to make sexual health conversations, especially sex in general, but even STIs, a little bit less a little bit more commonplace. Mm -hmm. You know, I even think just even kind of seeing Gabby and Quinn's face after we looked at the dams, and I feel like you would almost, if somebody were to pull that out randomly, then going forward at some in some juncture in your sexual activity, you would feel less like, what are you doing? Because now you've seen it. We've had a discussion. It was like a comfortable discussion. See, see, what
3: Gabby doesn't know is I took her picture when she was doing that, (laughs) and it will be on Instagram Facebook tonight <laughs> no but you know you're right you're absolutely right you know having these conversations you know and and just being really open about it and as kevin was talking about too is you know providing an environment that you can talk about it
1: yeah. right and and
4: that's I why I, the S C D project is a great environment for people that don't have that face-to-face with somebody that can't talk about it with somebody yeah there's there's, there are great sites, like I said, the STD Project online that people can go to if you don't have that immediate comfort zone of talking about sex and, right. and living with STIs and well, Janelle, testing options. Here's
3: a, here's a question for all three of you. I mean, uh, semester's almost over with. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had a lot of people come in the last couple of days wanting to get tested before they go home. Right. Because, because in freshmen, you know, usually freshmen, who have uh, engaged in maybe some sexual activity here but want to be tested before they go home. What words of advice do you have for these people who are all, all fearful that, uh, you know, before they go home they want to get a clean bill of health? I say do it. <laughs> Yeah. get tested.
2: I mean, it's it's going to be scary the first time, but it, we always like to encourage people before and after each new partner to get tested. Yeah. And the more you do it, the more it's going to become normal. The more you're exactly. going to be the person who is because when you're doing that too, that means you're not are, are only concerned and respecting your own sexual health, but that means you're also cognizant of the, of your partners and you're being mindful of that. And I mm-hmm. think that that also should should um should garner some respect from that that partner instead exactly. of being like a whoa how many people have you slept with not that that actually should be an issue Manner, or anyone yeah. would matter but yeah it means that you're actually being mindful and and into your sexual health and like here here cheers to that.
4: And I, I mean, I I talk about how many times uh, with with certain clients that come in for HIV testing, they do all the things correctly. And their habitual, quote unquote, testing is just the, oh, yep, I did everything right. I got my, my A plus. Like, they're, they're never coming in with fear. They're just coming in to make sure that everything that they've done has been correct and that nothing's happened. And I think to the people that are wanting a clean bill of health for the holidays, if it's going to be something that's on your mind because you you know of a specific situation recently that... You might have put yourself at risk. Um, then I would get tested so that that you're free of that thought, and you know you know your status, quote unquote. My
2: <laughs> Only caveat is we should stop using the word or the words "clean con- bill of health" because "clean" and "dirty" oh are yeah, such a, <laughs> that's such true. horrible words to use. Oh, when there's talking so about many STIs. words we could have fun with. <laughs> I even
3: know. even the whole word of "I've slept with." How many people oh. actually sleep when they're having sex? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or them. hooking up? I've what is slept right. with hooking three up? People, hooking I didn't up. do anything, but I slept with them. Right? When you had some.
0: Yeah. No, you mentioned earlier, Janelle, about how a lot of some of the fear behind getting tested, Mm -hmm. it it might be the actual procedure. And I thought maybe to kind of help uh, demystify that. What what kinds of tests do they do? Is it just, you know... uh, physical examination is it a blood sample What
2: it can be a couple of different Depends, ones that's yeah. a really good question yeah I think a lot of especially men used to think about having to the urinal swab or not mm-hmm. urinal swab the yeah the urethra urethra swab and <laughs> it's a scary that swab that sounds horrible <laughs> yeah. and no longer do we need to do that Kevin is. crossed his leg
3: when you said <laughs> yeah. I know I mean it's <laughs> I, I crossed my own for you right. in They're empathy like, who wants so, that
2: who wants that and that's absolutely not what needs to happen exactly. actually if you go to a clinic that is still doing that I would advise you to say, ah, oh, let me think about this, and I need to go someplace else because that means it's an antiquated procedure, and they're not up to date, and they're probably not doing as accurate of testing as they could be. Good point. So, but other than that, though, a urine and a blood sample is typical. If you have visual symptoms, oftentimes they want to examine those because they can culture some things. Can't be diagnosed without a culture, and/or they're visually diagnosed because there's not an actual test, urine or blood sample for them. But for the most part, to simplify, it's a urine and blood sample, and it's just a tiny like. Either a prick of the tip of your finger or um, they can actually do a blood draw on your arm if they're testing for both syphilis and HIV. But then the other stuff like bacterial infections is a urine urine sample. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really simple. It's super. And everyone thinks that
4: if you're giving any sort of blood that they're going to take a lot of your blood. That's not the case. They take small vials.
2: Yep. Just a small amount mm-hmm. now. So if you're a little squeamish around needles, that would probably be the only thing that'd be a little strange. If and or you've engaged with oral and se- in, in oral sex with a, with one partner and not another, or not also engaged in penetrative sex, they may also do, um, an, a throat swab mm-hmm. for bacterial infections in your mouth. But that doesn't hurt at all. It's just like when they, you know, check for. Uh, I feel like when you had tonsillitis, they used to do that too. Same like kind of thing. Like just get small tissues on Yeah, it's on like you. a Q-tip. Yeah, mm-hmm. same kind of thing. And or they could do that too if you engage in anal sex and not other kinds. But really not, none of them hurt. They're all really quick. These are people who are, especially if you're going to specialists like the Olin Health Center folks Mm -hmm. or any of the ones that other ones that Kevin listed, these people are experts. They do this all the time. It's so simple.
4: And certain locations do confidential, um, certain locations do anonymous, certain locations do not, they make sure it doesn't go on your medical record. So if that was ever an issue too, it's about finding the right location. And uh, a lot of those locations that we did list are on olin.msu.edu. Site, um, So you can always visit that if you're an MSU
3: uh, community member. If I was to give you one piece of advice to our listening uh, audience, Audience. it's been a long day, (sighs) is suspend your judgment. Suspend your judgment of what you've done in the past. Suspend your judgment about uh, who you've been with. Suspend all that. None of that matters. What matters is that you come in, you find out whether you have a virus, a bacteria, or whatever, and you go in for treatment and life goes on. That's it,
2: Doctor Dennis just said whatever. That was pretty <laughs> yeah. cool. It's just, it just is. And it's cool so, as a claim. It is, it is. It's so true.
3: It, you know, it's in it's not like you know uh, because I may or may not have an STI. They say that because mm-hmm. I have right. many things I've been diagnosed with, and you don't always have to accept it. You just have to adjust to it. You mm-hmm. go on and you live your life. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of life. Uh, it's Just a new beginning,
2: yeah. It's just a curveball,
3: yeah. So, you know, I know we're in the end here, and we haven't had a phone. Uh, oh, nobody call. got the massage, that's all right. I'm that's all right. <laughs> we'll hold it off. That's all, the next it's all show. cool. So, what I'm going to do is that complimentary <laughs> massage, I'm going to uh complimentary give it to Gabby and to Quinn, and uh, they oh, both will get one. So, it's you, awesome you, for you participating do that. in our taste test. And yeah, then next time that's on the good. show, you can talk about we'll talk about uh touch and emotions oh, like and stuff like that and you can talk about how that may or may not have felt how's that sound
0: that sounds great that's a great homework yeah. assignment
3: <laughs> the best right? again. i love it yeah. so but don't t- gabby don't tell abby because you know, yeah, she'll, she'll be a little too, jealous but we'll, we'll do that uh now so if people want more information about stis
2: they can go to the stdproject.com
4: Definitely. And if you need local resources or uh, information about what MSU has to offer in the Lansing area, uh, go to olin.msu.edu. And if they
3: want to know more about dental dams, you can stop by Olin Health Center if you want to. You're going to. to give a demo? Or we going to have, <laughs> I can do a we're demo going to. Bring if thing here to, to <laughs> I'm not
2: sure if we're allowed to say other locations of good resources, but in terms of contraceptions, mm-hmm. Bedsider is really amazing. Bedsider.org or .com. Um yeah, Bedsider is a phenomenal nonprofit that focuses all on contraceptives. So in, in terms of um, hormonal contraceptives and barriers and everything, and they have literally every the book on contraceptives, and it's really thorough and inclusive, which is nice. So that's also a great resource. And,
3: you know, any of these protective devices don't need to be medical. You can have fun with them. <laughs> right? You can yeah. have fun with them, and I know we're about Just to Just add a little end. loop.
0: We are. We are. We are about reaching the end of our rope here, so... Um, if uh, you guys have been listening, this is uh, Exposure. Again, at the end of the month, we like to do Sex Exposure. It got delayed a sex. week here, <laughs> but we sit down with our panel of sex experts <laughs> and we talk about sex.
2: And it's always great. So fun.
0: Yeah. Thank so, you, Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Gabby. So this has been uh, Exposure on Impact 89 FM, broadcasting from the campus of Michigan State University. You've been listening to
1: Impact Exposure. Exposed.